0: Welcome to the Generations Church podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. This morning, we're very happy to have with us uh, Larry Henderson. Uh, Larry is not just a missionary, I'll talk about that in a moment, but he's a long-time friend. Like, Larry and I have gone back a long time ago. We were youth pastors together. We were very young as we were starting out single, and Larry uh, married Melinda, had a family, and we were youth pastors together. And kind of when I moved to Kentucky to pastor Larry, uh, went to the mission field. He, uh, He and his family went to the Grand Canary Islands off the coast of Spain. Uh, For 10 years, they planted an international Uh, International Church in the Grand Canary Islands. And then after 10 years, he transitioned and went to Vienna, Austria. He became the pastor at Vienna Christian Center. Wonderful church. I had the opportunity three or four years ago. Larry was out of town. I filled in for him one Sunday, and uh, man, it was an unbelievable uh, experience what God was doing in Vienna, Austria. Recently, Larry has transitioned. He is now the Regional Director of Europe with the Assemblies of God World Missions. So now Larry oversees all of the Assemblies of God World Missions efforts in 44 countries uh, in Europe, and he oversees uh, five over 500 uh, missionaries as well, their families and their ministries. We are fortunate to have two of those with us this morning. Ashley Thompson from Spain, Becky Morales from Spain. Would you guys stand up this morning? <laughs> Amen. Amen. They're part of Larry's group. You know, Ashley, uh, Becky is from Tallahassee, and she's part of a church planting team going to Spain, southern Spain and Sevilla, so make sure you say hello to Becky uh, this morning. So what Larry does is part of his ministry is in the United States. He's advocating for Europe and reminding people about the spiritual need uh, in Europe. <clears throat> he is recruiting people, uh, interns, missionary associates, missionaries, just doing what he can over here. Uh, He also, his staff in Springfield, they support the 500 missionaries that are overseas as well. And then he also travels overseas. He works with our missionaries, church planting. He meets with national leaders as well as we can coordinate, because we coordinate with the local Assemblies of God, you know, uh, general councils in different nations. He's leaving at the end of the week for uh, the Balkans, uh, uh, Serbia, and Slovenia, and Bosnia, and all of that. So, uh, We're glad to have him this morning, and at the end of service, as we do for every missionary, we're going to take an offering for Larry, and when you maybe drop your faith promise off, uh, you can give or uh, give online, but we just want to, he's a good friend of mine, and he's a great Crimson Tide fan, let me just say that, let me just say that. Would you make welcome to Generations Church, my friend, Larry Anderson.
1: Praise the Lord. Hey, turn to your neighbors. Say, "I'm so blessed to be sitting beside you today." Come on, just tell them. They could have sat anywhere, and they chose to be sitting beside you. So, I hope you're happy who who you're sitting with today. It's wonderful. So great to be here at Generations Church. Thank you, Pastor Brian, Pastor Becky. Uh, we love you guys and um, friends. I-, I hope you really. Uh, I-, I hope you really just. Take this moment to say, Lord, thank you for letting us be a part of Generations Church. I've I've been watching you and this church in the last 10 years, especially since they've been here, and uh, wow, what a great place to be. What a great place to to be in a part of a community. Come on, you can clap. I I hope you realize it. I can promise you it's not like this everywhere, and the Lord has sent you great pastors, great staff. Um, It's just a wonderful moment to lean in right here locally to what God's doing. You know, I love seeing these statistics and the things that Pastor Brian has shared with us because the reality is, friends, uh, you are not just uh, above average. You're exceptional when it comes to your generous heart for missions, both locally and globally. 140 different missionaries and missions expressions that come out of this church. I can tell you that is so, so incredible. You know, the Lord um, reminds us many times that in, in God's economy, we can, we can only, we sow in other fields, yet we reap in our own. And that's what happens in our personal lives, it's what happens in the local church. As you continue to sow around the world, sow locally, God will bless you right here. He'll bless this church, He'll bless your family, He'll bless your life. And I'm so thankful for that. In fact, Mike Stature says this, he says the measure of your church is not about your seeding capacity, but it's about your sending capacity. And so as I look around here today, it's not about the number of seats in this room. It's about how far this church reaches to be able to share Jesus with people who need him the most. So thank you so much for doing that. Again, I just have to mention I'm so thankful to have two of our best missionaries here. And um, they're wonderful. West Florida sends us a lot of great missionaries to Europe and around the world. And, And today to have, again, Becky here and to have... Um, again, Ashley, we just love you guys. We're so thankful for you and thankful that, uh, that this church supports you and that you can be a part of what they're doing, an expression of their heart around the world. You know, I, I wish I could just go through the list. We have 38 missionaries in Europe that are supported from Generations Church. Out of the 140, 38 of them are in Europe. They're real people, everybody. They're not just names. They're not just a number to say we support these missions. These are real people that you support. And I get to visit them. I get to be a part of their ministries. Many of them, I went through the list this morning, and I'm thinking I was with them last year. I ate in their home. I I saw them preaching in their church. These are real missionaries that are doing a real work for Jesus. And so again, thank you for letting them be an expression of your heart. What a great joy. I want to share a message with you today entitled, What Really Matters? What Really Matters? You know, for an, a month now, you guys have been giving an emphasis to, uh, to missions and specifically talking today. Today is Send Sunday. We've been focusing locally. We've been focusing globally about telling stories, hearing testimonies. I, I, I love, again, the promotion of the missions trips. I want to encourage you, friends, even as Pastor Brian is talking about the, the trip to Palestine, people are sometimes saying, well, what do we do in this moment? I can tell you, we have friends in Israel And we have friends in Palestine. And I want to encourage you, pray for them. Pray for both. Sometimes we can politicize everything, but I want to encourage you, these are real people. And we have people who love Jesus in both of those places. And I just want to encourage you, when you don't know what to pray, just pray, Lord, help them to be a witness for you in these moments. I promise you, He will. What really matters? What really matters? A few years ago, we had a man who came to our church by the name of Fossil. Fossil uh, came from a sensitive country that I can't mention this morning. But when he came to the church, he, he gave his heart to Jesus very quickly. You could tell the Lord had been reaching out to him. He had been reading a Bible. And he gave his heart to the Lord and became a follower of Jesus. God began to bless his life, and, and he got a job. He, was, he learned uh, German, the, the language of our country where we lived in Austria. He spoke English. He spoke the language, his mother tongue, where he's from, and he spoke German. Um, he was in an automobile accident as he was out delivering things with his job. And in that accident, he uh, had a brain bleed, so he was in a coma for uh, a number of days. When he came out of the coma, he had lost his memory, and much of the things that, that he remembered before, he couldn't remember. Instead of speaking three languages, now he could only speak one. He had trouble trying to even process things. but the Lord began to, to heal him and began to bring his memory back. He went through physical rehab, and he, he went, again, uh, back and forth to therapy. And ultimately, after a great number of months, he began to walk again, and, and he came to church, and he was there with his crutches trying to just make his way to the front for a time, during our time of prayer. When he came forward for prayer, my heart just broke for him because I knew what he had been through. So I began to pray for him and say, Fossil, I just want to pray for you that the Lord would bring healing to your body, that the Lord would minister to you and and just help you to have a speedy recovery physically. And he stopped me right in the middle of the prayer. And he said, Pastor, he said, don't pray for me. He said, pray for my wife who doesn't know Jesus. I said, Fossil, we'll pray for her, but we're also going to pray that God would heal you and bring miraculous healing to your body. He said, no, no, please, please don't pray for me pray for my wife who doesn't know Jesus. How many of you know the older we get, there's things that used to be important to us that really aren't that important anymore, right? And there are other things that really we we held so tightly, things that we, we, we now realize it's not that important. And then on the other side, things that maybe we took for granted that we realize that really matters. The relationships that we have, the things that matter for eternity. And we began to refocus our, our energy, our time, our resources, the older we get, into things that we really believe matters. And so today, I want to focus for a few moments on what really matters. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19 and 20, this entire chapter is really Paul speaking to the Thessalonians, many who he probably led to the Lord, but definitely people he administered to, and in verse 19, he says these words. He says, What is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and our joy. I want to focus for a few moments just on what Paul's saying in these two verses. He asks a question What really is our hope? What is it that we look forward to? What's the crown that we'll receive? What's the joy that really matters? And then he answers his own question, and he says, is it not you? When Jesus comes, what really matters? And he answers the question by really reminding us of what it is. I want to talk for you to, with you this morning about the simple fact that Jesus is coming back. How many of you believe that? You know, when I was growing up, I grew up in a small Simmons of God church in Mobile, Alabama, and I remember we would sing about heaven. We would talk about heaven. People would stand up and share testimonies and say, I'm going through this moment, but I look forward to the day when I'll be in heaven and there'll be no more pain in my body and there'll be no more challenges. Friends, I don't think we talk about heaven as much as we need to. And part of the reason is that we forget we're just passing through this world. Tallahassee is not our home. Heaven is our home. How many of you want to go to heaven? Come on, raise your hands. It's not a trick question. Praise the Lord. How many of you want to go to heaven today? Not as many hands were raised. I mean, everybody wants to go to heaven, but very few of you said, I want to go to heaven today. And the reason why is because we get so comfortable with the life we live our vacation that we're planning. You know, we, we, we want to see Florida State win the national championship. I mean, we you know, you, there's just so many things that we just anticipate. I want to do this. I want to do that. And, and we forget. Friends, Tallahassee is a great place to live. Florida is a great place to live. But heaven is better than Florida. No, heaven is better than Florida. Don't forget, this is not your home. We're passing through, and Paul says, what's our hope? What's our joy? What's the crown? When Jesus comes. Friends, Jesus is coming back. It's more than a song. It's more than a story your grandparents used to tell us. It's the reality. Jesus said himself in John 14, he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Don't let your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe in me. I'm going to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, Jesus said, I will come back. In Acts chapter 1, we love to quote the great verse, verse 8, where, where he reminds us, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. That's what you're doing here at Generations Church. You're doing it both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Those flags that the children have this morning, those, those are real countries that represent real people, and you're the one who's sending the gospel to reach them. But it's important, after we read those verses that we love so much, verse number 10, verse number 11 says, an angel appeared and, and Jesus was taken up. He immediately ascended into heaven. And the angel says to the disciples, men of Galilee, why do you stand here gazing into the sky? As if it's all over now. He says, this same Jesus. Huh, I love those words. Not a different Jesus. Not an angel with a broken wing, but the same Jesus who died for you, the same Jesus who rose again, the same Jesus who forgives your sins, who heals your body, who sends the Comforter to come and to baptize us. This same Jesus will come back in the same way that you've seen him go. Praise the Lord. So, friends, again, I ask you, what really matters? If we know Jesus is coming back, what's our hope? What's our joy? What's the crown that we'll receive when he comes? Well, let me just share a few things. I I think we can make a long, long list today, but I would say the first thing that matters are people. Can you say that with me? People matter. Come on, say it like you mean it. People matter. They matter to God, and they should matter to us. I can tell you today, Jesus didn't die for a building. Thank God for buildings, it's a wonderful resource. Jesus didn't die for a building. He didn't didn't die for a political cause. Jesus didn't die for for, uh, things that we think are so important. Jesus died for people. And it's important for us to remember today that the crown, the glory, the joy that we'll receive one day, Paul says to the Thessalonians, what is it? It's you. It's you people. You are the ones. Not our bank account, not the size of the home that we have or the car that we drive, not our position, not our title, none of those things. It doesn't matter how many followers we have on social media. Those things are not as important as people. He says very clearly, it's you Thessalonians. You're our joy. You're our crown. People matter. I went to your website this week, and there's a lot of things. If you've not been to the website at Generations Church, you need to from time to time. Don't go right now, though. But there's a a phrase that you have on your website that just says this, loving God, loving people, and serving the world. I think that kind of sums it up today. Everything we do here at Generations Church is about loving God, it's about loving people, and it's about serving the world. Isn't that wonderful? You're not just a part of a social club today. You're not just a part of a... Of a group that meets from time to time and is a religious group, you're a part of the church. You're a part of the body of Christ that says we're gonna love God and we're gonna love people. And as we do that, we're gonna serve the world. In 2 Peter chapter 3, you know these verses, but Peter writes, because at the beginning of that chapter, people are saying, scoffers were come saying, Where is this coming that Jesus promised? If you've been saying for all these years, he's coming back, he's coming back. Why hasn't he come back? And Peter writes and he responds and says, Friends, do not forget this one thing. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some count slowness or understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you. Aren't you thankful God's patient with us? Come on, say a good amen. He's patient with you. Not willing, here it is, that anyone perish, but that everyone comes to repentance. Not willing that any single person should perish, yet that everyone should come to repentance. People matter to God. So we have to ask the same question that those scoffers were asking. If Jesus is coming back, then why hasn't he come back yet? The reality is, friends, because there are people in your family, and God loves them. And if he came back today, they'd be lost forever. No, let that sink in for a moment. We become very comfortable because we're going to heaven. But the reality is there are people who live within driving distance of this church, within walking distance of this church. People that live in this community and in this city, and they're lost. And if Jesus came back today, you and I would go to heaven, but they would be lost forever. And they matter to God. He's not willing that any one perish, but that everyone. The The missionaries that were represented on the screen today from Nicaragua and from from the other countries, Chris Abuso, uh, we went to language school with them. I can tell you they're the real deal missionaries making a difference in Guadalajara. And in those places, the people, those kids that they're ministering to in the park, they matter because if Jesus came back, many of those families would be lost forever. Friends, we can become comfortable with these realities. And as a Christian, we say, I'm ready to go to heaven. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. But as a missionary, I can tell you, many times we pray, Lord, give us a little more time. We want you to come back, but not today. And it's not because we look forward to the national championship or our vacation this summer, but it's because we still have work to do. And we ask you, Lord, give us a little more time. I'll never forget 2015, 2016, we started seeing these waves of refugees coming into Europe from Syria, um, Iran, Afghanistan, places in Africa. We had, we, we've had refugees coming into Europe since World War II. It's, it's nothing new, but these waves were unprecedented. And People were telling us, be careful. Be careful because there's so many Muslims coming in, and their families are having children, and they're going to take over Europe, and and they were, everybody was just putting fear in our hearts. But we found the opposite to be true, that they were the ones coming with fear. And in the beginning, we didn't know what to do except just try to serve them. And we found 1 John's words are very true, perfect love cast out fear. We started loving them, started serving them, started helping them. We had many who came to our church. I'll never forget the first one who came. His name was Jamal. When Jamal came... He asked for a Bible. He had never read a Bible before. One day he came to the altar. He had been with us three or four months. He came to the altar for prayer. And, and as Jamal was there praying, I went down and said, How can I pray for you? He said, He says, I feel like I'm a 50% follower of Jesus, 50% follower of Islam. He said, Would you pray for me that I would find the truth? Well, there was a lot of things I wanted to say, but I said, Jamal, you keep reading your Bible. And I pray that the God of that Bible will reveal himself to you. Well, Jamal kept reading his Bible. He kept coming to church. A few months later, I saw him. He was on the other side of the altar. I couldn't reach him, but I asked one of our men, will you go pray with him? I said, but be careful. He's 50% follower of Jesus, 50% follower of Islam. Well, after church, that man came to me. He said, Pastor, that guy, Jamal, he's a 75% follower of Jesus, 25% follower of Islam. Yeah. Well, you can imagine the rest of the story. He kept coming to church. He kept reading his Bible. And the God of that Bible did reveal himself to Jamal. One day we were having baptism service, and he was in the baptism line. He came forward. I said, Jamal, when I first met you, you said you were 50-50. Then I heard you're 75-25. He lifted both of his hands. And he said, I want everybody to know the fear is gone, and I'm a 100% follower of Jesus. Hallelujah. I tell you that story because people matter. Sometimes we say they're too hard, they're, they're too far from God. No, God can reach anyone. He can reach anyone. I was at church on a Saturday. We were doing training with our pastors, leadership training, and, and um, I saw two young people out in the foyer. I knew they weren't with us, so I, I went out to just say hello to them. They were two Chinese students who were studying in Vienna, at the University of Vienna. They had, they had come from China. They were doing a semester abroad. And uh, they had a tourist book in Chinese. You've seen these tourist books, right? They have like, you know, directions to museums and the places you should see, all the sites and restaurants and things like that. It's in Chinese. And right in the middle of that page was an ad in Chinese for Vienna Christian Center. I have no idea how that ad got in that book. And they pointed to the ad and they said, we're looking for a Christian church. Is this a Christian church? I said, yes, this is Christian church. Are you guys Christians? They said, no, we're not Christians, but we're looking for a Christian church. Well, now I'm intrigued. They said, we're students studying at the University of Vienna. We're from China. In China, the Internet is restricted. It's closed. There's things we can't see on the Internet. But since we've been in Europe, the Internet is open, and we've seen everything on the Internet. And I thought, probably more than you should have, you know? And then they asked me this question. They said, do you know Hollywood? I said, yeah, yeah, I know what Hollywood is. They said, we've been watching movies from Hollywood. And in these movies from Hollywood, we hear the sayings of Jesus. And when we hear the sayings of Jesus, we feel something. And we're looking for a Christian church who will tell us more of the sayings of Jesus. Friends, I, I don't know what movies they were watching, but probably not the same movies Pastor Brian's watching, you know. Thank God we had a Chinese service. I called our Chinese pastor. I said, can you talk to these young men? They gave their hearts to Jesus the next Sunday. They went back to China. And today, those two young men, they heard the sayings of Jesus, and they're telling more young people in China about the sayings of Jesus. I tell you that. Come on, you can clap. I tell you that story because people matter. They matter to God. And sometimes we say, how in the world can we reach them?" I promise you, if you just, just be willing to be in the right place at the right time, just like Peter and Cornelius, God will give you open doors and opportunities to share His love with people. In Revelation chapter 5-7, chapter seven, there's a prophetic word that says, one day people from every tribe, every tongue, every nation will be around the throne worshiping Jesus. And we love to read those verses and say, won't that be incredible to see people from every nation together? But I can tell you, in our part of the world, they're not fully represented yet. They're not fully represented yet. I have friends who, who, of course, like Ashley and like Becky, they speak Spanish. And they tell me, Larry, in heaven, Spanish is going to be the heavenly language, right? ¿Cuántos hablan el espanol Amen. all right. So you agree with me, right, that in heaven we're going to speak Spanish. I, I don't know. Another friend told me in heaven, surely we're going to speak English. I said, why? He said, because Americans can't learn another language. I said, that's probably true. But I want to ask you this morning, if Spanish or English is the heavenly language, what will the language of hell be? Will it be the 1.2 billion people who speak Mandarin? Will it be the 362 Arabic speakers, million Arabic speakers, the 602 million Hindi speakers, the 272 Bengalis, the Urdu's, the Indonesians. Who will it be? What will their language be? I don't know. But here's what I do know. Jesus is coming back. And what's our hope? What's our joy? What really matters? I can tell you it's people. It's people. The second thing I want to share with you this morning, and I'll make it brief, is that I believe the way we live matters. The way we live matters. In 2 Peter chapter 3, the verses we read, God's not willing that anyone perish, but everyone comes to repentance. Verse 11 says, Since we understand everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought we to be? Peter writes, You, sh- you ought to be, you should be people who live holy and godly lives as you look forward to and you speed the day of His coming. The English version says, You should serve God and honor Him by the way that you live. Friends, I can tell you today, the way we live, it matters. It matters. People are watching us. I believe it matters today more than it ever has before. In fact, Jesus said, they will know you're my disciples. What? By your love for one another. By the way that you live out your faith, they will know. Church can become very consumeristic. We can become very inward focused. It can all be about us and about what we need and what we want. But I can tell you today, people don't come to Generations Church because your coffee is good. I mean, you have great coffee and you have donuts. That's wonderful. But there's probably a better place in Tallahassee to get a better cup of coffee. And as great as the worship was, people don't come just because of the worship or because of the preaching. There's other places where they could go. They come because they're attracted to the presence of Jesus that is manifest and reflected through our lives through the faith that we have and the way that we live and the way that we love and the way that we serve. It matters how we live. The church at its best is not just what we do in here. It's where we go. And everywhere we go, the good news is Jesus goes with us because he lives inside of us. I want you to watch this video of a man in our church named Ibrahim. Ibrahim is from Syria, and uh, he worked for Assad's regime. And because of that, he was targeted by ISIS to kill him. And they put a car, a bomb underneath his car. But when the bomb exploded, he was not in the car yet. But his wife was in the car, his children, two children were in the car, and his mom and dad were in the car. I want you to hear his testimony in his own words this morning. You're from, can I tell everybody where you're from? You're from Syria and uh, we've seen a lot of refugees that have come over these last few years from Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria uh, of course many places in Africa but you're, you're one of the stories that really inspire us because y- you were a person who lost everything but, but can you describe what happened in 2013 what what did you lose?
2: Um, the, the wars began in 2011 and I was working as special place in november 2013 the isis attacked my whole family with a car bomb and he killed all of my family
1: so so isis when they attacked your family in this this car bomb but you you lost everybody your wife your children everybody <coughs> my
2: wife that.
1: and after that
2: uh, i decided to get out from this country because i don't believe in war
1: I can imagine because I actually read what you wrote and you and I've had conversations before, but how did that make you feel towards God? You know, did you feel angry, sad? How did you feel when, when you lost everything?
2: Actually, I was very angry and very sad. And I was always thinking because we was young, our parents, they say, As they are angels. They will protect us. Uh, they were uh, God. And I say, okay, this is a big liar because if they were angels, they will protect not my parents, but my children at least, my kids. And I decided to get out from Syria, it took me two months to get to Europe. Mm-hmm. Two because months. two months. <clears throat> because, you know, I'll, 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 I lost everything. And the uh, uh, that person, thank to him, he told me, give your heart to Jesus. And first time I was so, I'm not sure to give my heart to Jesus. The day I decide to give my heart to Jesus, that anger and that sudden he took it from my heart. Amen. Amen. And I have one message for these people who killed my family. Today I will forgive you.
1: Powerful man, thanks for saying that. Did you hear that? Amen. These people who killed my family. Today I have a message for you. I, I forgive you. Only God, only God can take away anger. Only God can take away loss and and give us the ability to do that. Friends, that's not human. That's that's supernatural. It's not from our heart. It's because of what God's done in your life, Abraham. And you've been through a lot. It hasn't been easy since you've been here. We've talked a lot about things you've been through. But you know what? You're on a good path right now. And God has great things in front of you. Can you say praise the Lord? I wish I could take you to where Abraham works. I walked into his workplace. There's five or six other men there, and he starts introducing me. This is my pastor, and uh, and they said, oh, you know, he talks about you. He talks about his church all the time. He talks about Jesus all the time. We're not sure if we believe it yet because how can anybody be that happy? He must be on drugs. I said, no, he's really that happy. Jesus has changed his life. And friends, that's what happens. Jesus comes in. Old things are passed away. Everything becomes new. And because of what God does in our life, he changes us. We're able to forgive. We're able to love. He increases our capacity to love to forgive. And I can tell you, Ibrahim is making a difference, not just in what he says, but the way he lives his life. I wish I could take you to Slovakia, the eastern part of Slovakia, where all the refugees have come into um, Central Europe. And as they've come into Central Europe, we have a group of people there called the Roma Gypsies who, in and of themselves, are very poor. They're very marginalized. People devalue them. They're the lowest of the low in Slovakia. And yet, several years ago, they've experienced revival where they've received Jesus. We've been planting churches. We've seen them just grow, and their heart has grown. And as the refugees from Ukraine came into Central Europe, these were some of the first people who encountered them. And instead of saying, we're poor, we don't have anything, they began to open their heart and to share everything they had. You'll see here how they began to share food. They opened their church and put their pews together to make beds for the Ukrainian refugees because they, they believed Jesus' words, freely you've received, freely you should give. And out of their own poverty, out of the least of what they had, they didn't just say, we'll pray for you, we, we, we hope things get better, but they lived out their faith. And because they lived out their faith, I can tell you how hundreds of Ukrainian refugees have come to know Jesus through the faith of the Roma gypsies. Friends, that's what matters, the way we live our faith. The final thing I want to share with you today is this very simple fact, and that is eternity matters. If our keyboard player would come, eternity matters. Again, in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, Dear friends, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like a day. You know, we don't really understand that. But we do know one day we'll all stand before Jesus. You will. I will. We all will. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 talks about that day when we stand before the Lord, and everything our life represents passes through the fire. Everything. And only what matters will remain. The things that we think are so important, it'll pass away. The things that maybe today we give so much time and energy and finances to, much of that, friends, will just pass away. But again, Paul writes and he says, the things that are eternal were the things that will remain. So I want to ask you today, what really remains in your life? What really matters in your life? On that day when you stand before the Lord, I love football. I love to hunt and fish. I I love to enjoy life. I love sports. I love getting, but I want to ask you on that day when you and I stand before Jesus, what really matters? You know, I'll be honest with you today. In Assemblies of God World Missions, We're not afraid of failure we're willing to take risk in europe we're willing to push and go we're not afraid of failure but what we are afraid of is investing in things that don't really matter if we're not careful we can be so successful but successful in things that don't matter and so this morning i just want to ask you what really matters would you stand with me i want to lead you in prayer I told you about Fossil at the beginning of the message. I want to close by sharing with you another part of his story. Fossil came to my office one day. He didn't have an appointment. He brought his wife. I thought they were having marriage problems. I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. But, but he asked if they could come in. It was urgent. And then he asked me, would you pray for us? We're going to take a trip. He says, my father-in-law... We just received word that that he's going to die in a few days. He doesn't have long to live. And we're going to take a trip so that I can tell him about Jesus before he dies. I said, Fossil, you can't go back to the country where your wife's from. I said, you're a Christian now, and they will kill you. Your brother-in-laws, they'll be waiting for you. They'll kill you. They'll hang you in the streets. You, You can't go back. He said, Larry, you don't understand. I have to go back. My father-in-law is not going to live much longer and I have to tell him about Jesus before he dies. I have to. He says, all I'm asking you to do is just pray over us before we leave. And again, I argued with him and I said, Faso, you can't go back. I said, we know people who know people. We'll find somebody who can go to him, but you can't go back. You'll lose your life. He became very frustrated with me. And he pulls an offering envelope out of his Bible, just like you have here at Generations Church. And on the offering envelope, you know, there's, there's, you've got tithes and offerings, missions, project renovation, guest speaker ministries, whatever it may be. He pointed to the word missions, and he said, Pastor, you say it all the time. All the time. You tell us we have to do this. And he pointed to the word missions. And then he said these words. We're all going to die somewhere. So what difference does it make if I die here in Vienna? If I die in and he named the country where his wife's from? Or if I die and he named the country where he's from? He said, all I know is if I die, I'm ready to go to heaven. But if my father-in-law dies, he'll be lost forever. You know, friends, that kind of sums it all up. Today's the end of four weeks of talking about missions. And Fossil's right. We have to do this. We have to do this. We don't have a choice. Because here's the reality. The gospel is only good news if it gets here in time. I can tell you it works. The gospel works. What we believe, what we have saying about today, it works. But it only works if it gets here in time. So may God help us today to live for what matters. What's our hope? What's our joy? What's the crown that we'll receive when Jesus comes? <laughs> it's, it's people. It's people. Would you just lift your hands with me right now, everybody? In just a moment, Pastor Brian and some others are going to come and pray, but I want to lead you in prayer for just a few moments. Come on, lift your hands with me. And would you just begin to say, Lord, increase my capacity to love. Just pray those words. Lord, we pray today, increase our capacity to love. Come on, ask Him right now. Lord, take away my hard heart. Take away my selfish heart. Lord, I pray that You would open my eyes to see what You want us to see, to feel what You want us to feel. Come on, pray it in Your own words today. But right now, would You just ask the Lord, Lord, change my heart. Lord, let me see what You see. Let me feel what You feel. You're not willing that anyone perish but that everyone come to repentance. So, Lord, help me to live for what matters. Come on, just lift your hands and tell Him, Lord, I want to live for what matters. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for investing too much in things that don't matter. Lord, I know some of that's okay, but today help me to live my life for what matters. For eternity. Lord, the things that will last, the things that are eternal, that today matters for that day when I stand before You. Come on, friends, let the Lord just minister to you right now. Lord, please speak to your people. Please, Lord, don't let us just leave here today and we forget. Lord, let this day, Lord, let it mark us. Let the things that we've heard this month, let it mark us. Let us remember we're part of a church that lives for eternity, that loves people. Lord, I pray today your blessing upon this church. I pray that as they sow in others' fields, they would reap in their own. I pray that would happen financially. I pray it would happen relationally. I pray most of all it would happen spiritually. Lord, I pray, God, that Generations Church would continue to live out their faith everywhere they go to everyone they meet. Lord, I pray today, Lord, that as they go throughout the city that Jesus, you would go with them. You would give them divine appointments. Come on, ask the Lord today. Lord, give me the opportunity to share my faith. Come on, ask him. Name a person. Come on, name somebody as you pray. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a co-worker. Lord, give me an opportunity to share my faith with. Come on, name the person right now. Lord, you see, you see those people. Wherever they may be this morning, Lord, we pray that you'd reach out to them. Some of them right here in our city. Some who live in other states. Some who live far away in other countries of the world. But we pray over them today. Lord, use us, we pray, Jesus. Use us, Lord, we pray if you're here today you feel God reaching out to you you say Larry I I need Jesus, I need forgiveness I want you to know there's no better moment than right now with every head bowed eyes closed, I'm not going to ask you to come forward I just want to ask you to raise your hand so we can pray for you you know that there's things in your life our sin separates us from God and right now we're going to pray and I promise you this is a personal decision, later you can make it you can make it public. You can tell somebody. But right now, would you would you just say, Larry, there's something in my heart, something in my life. I need to make it right with God. I want to pray with you before we close the service today. Would you just lift your hand and say, Larry, pray for me. I need Jesus. I need forgiveness. Thank you. Come on, somebody else. Just Yes, thank you. Thank you. There's something in my heart. Yes, I need to make things right with God today. Yes, God sees you. He's reaching out to you. You know it. He loves you so much. Yes. Anybody else? Pray for me. Come on, everybody. Would you just, right now, would you just pray with me here at Generations Church? Everybody lift your voice at the same time. Dear Jesus, I need you. Please come into my heart. Please change my life. I turn away from my sin. And I come to you. I give my life to you. I want to live for what matters. Thank you for your forgiveness. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Please listen to me for just one more moment. If you prayed that prayer, it is a personal prayer, but it's not private. Your relationship with Jesus is about being a part of a family. So you need to tell somebody. Tell somebody sitting beside you. Tell one of the pastors, one of the leaders. We'll all be here after church and we'll be happy to pray with you. This church will help you in your growth and in your spiritual formation so that you can live for Jesus. For all of us in this room, I just want to encourage you, let's live for what matters. Come on, let's live for what matters. And if you're here today and you feel God reaching out to you saying, maybe I I feel called to go. Some of you have an opportunity to go on short-term trips, these trips to Antigua and and to Palestine or wherever the Lord may lead. I want to encourage you, lean in, sign up, be a part of that, that trip. But maybe you feel something even stronger you feel called to go and maybe serve for a year or two years or maybe for a lifetime i can tell you that's what happened to becky that's what happened to ashley it's what happened to me and when you know that god's speaking to you there's a lot of people who can help you in that pathway to help you find that place of your calling but come on church let's live for what matters all those pastor brian who are going to be praying would they come and and they're going to lead us in prayer before we close the service today But come on, let's just lean in today as we pray together.
0: Thank you you for listening to the Generations Church podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.